Hello, welcome back to another episode of Pastor Vic's Nuggets. As we begin the new year, I can think of no better subject to examine than that of assurance. One of the most important issues in becoming a strong Christian is the issue of assurance or confidence. The dictionary defines assurance as certainty, sureness, confidence, hope, or expectation. Assurance as a Christian means that we believe in all that Jesus has said and done on our behalf. Another word we could use is confidence. As a believer, we are confident in our relationship with Jesus, the love of the Father, and the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You see, the Lord did not send Jesus to us so that we would be in doubt of all the rights and privileges of being a believer. Remember, we're to be witnesses to Jesus. Therefore, the assurance of how we live our lives and speak testifies that what we are saying and displaying is true. Why else would anyone believe our testimony unless we were sure about our own testimony? Our assurance or confidence makes others wonder about our faith and want to know more. The scripture says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's 2 Timothy 2.15. Doubt, anxiety, and fear are indications that we've not completely surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. A lack of assurance in our salvation and or Jesus' ability to keep us in any situation or circumstance shows that we don't fully trust him, our Lord and Savior, meaning Jesus. Fear is the enemy of faith or confidence. Fear keeps us looking at the problem instead of the solution, and the solution is found in Jesus himself. The Apostle Paul also has something to say, I should say, the Apostle James has something to say about the lack of assurance or faith. In James 1.6, he says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Jesus, as a matter of fact, goes to great lengths teaching us to totally trust God in Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. In those verses, Jesus tells us not to worry or become preoccupied about life, worrying about what you will eat or drink or what, or what you will wear. Now, you might honestly say, well, how do I do that? See, we all have concerns about quality of life issues. But the key to understanding this principle is found in verse 33. Jesus says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added to you. The point here is about priorities. Are we seeking God's issues and concerns first, and are we acting righteously or doing right in God's eyes in all of our actions and our behaviors? Jesus promises that if we put him first in our lives, all the things that we need will follow. Jesus also makes it clear that your heavenly Father knows what you need and that that what you need will be added to you if you will keep him first in your heart and in your mind. 
Something I've tried to keep as my priorities is number one, God first, my spouse next, then my children, church, then job or employment. And there'll be times when these priorities get moved about. But always keep the Lord first. You see, keeping Him first will help you be successful in all the other priorities of life. As I've said before, a sure sign of not trusting in the Lord is fear, anxiety, and worry. They are the opposite of assurance or confidence. Now, many have developed the habit of worrying even from their childhood. Parents who are constantly anxious can transfer those traits to their children. Now, and, and then others have had near traumatic or traumatic events in their lives. And that's what started them down the road of anxiety or worry. The good news, the good news is that the Apostle Paul shows us how to overcome this destructive habit in our lives. Paul says in Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be, be known to God. And here's the, here's, the, here's the promise. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and guard your minds through Christ Jesus. So if we're prone to worry and anxiety, we need to develop the habit of prayer. And prayer with supplication and thanksgiving when we're making our needs known to God. One of the things we need to be careful of is we, we shouldn't be telling everyone about our problems or our concerns. Learn to rely on the Lord by telling Him first. You see, the Lord has the authority and the power to meet all of your needs. If you do tell others, choose people that you can trust to pray and intercede for you and not gossip. Now, a well-known pattern for prayer is the acronym ACTS, A-C-T-S. Each letter stands for an aspect of prayer. A is for adoration. Adoration is worship. Now, worship is a little bit different from praise, in that praise is being thankful for what God has done, whereas worship is being thankful for who God is. Worship is when we come to the attitude of saying, Lord, Knowing you is enough. The letter C stands for confession. Confession is acknowledging our weaknesses in walking in, and, and in our walk of righteousness. It's recognizing that we are a work in progress and we're committed to doing better, but also realizing that we sometimes stumble and fall. It's recognizing that the goal of Galatians 2.20 is what we're seeking. And Paul wrote in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ living in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. The letter T in the word Acts is for the letter Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is how we become aware of all that God has done and is doing in our lives. Our focus is on Him rather than what we can get from Him. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer, with supplication, and with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, 
will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. See, again, that's such an important, impactful prayer, just that verse alone. And then finally, there's the letter S in the word word Acts, and S stands for supplication. And supplication is when we ask the Lord for our needs and the needs of those around us. Worship, confession, and thanksgiving place us in the proper place to enter the throne room of God and ask for our needs. While we're praying the Acts sequence, we should always be open and expecting to hear from the Lord. You see, too many well-meaning Christians have a one-way conversation with God, never expecting to get assurance, comfort, direction from the Lord. Remember, prayer is not simply a religious act. It is a relational act. You are communicating, having a dialogue with the Lord. Make sure you leave time for Him to speak to you. Expect to hear an answer in your heart and in your spirit. And then do what God shows you to do. Now the Lord has provided several avenues to help us grow in having faith or assurance. Number one, the Lord has given us His Word in the Bible. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be completely and thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's 2 Timothy 3.16. So He's given us His Word, but He's also given us the presence of His Holy Spirit who lives in us. The Holy Spirit is our guide, our teacher, and witness to what God has done in us. Also, let us us not forget that the Holy Spirit is the seal of ownership by the Lord. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. That's Ephesians 4.30. The third thing is that the, the Lord is also transforming our minds with personal revelations of who He is, and as a result, we begin to see changes in how we think and how we act. The Scriptures say, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's Romans 12 too. Transformation means that change takes place on the inside and it produces an outward working. Now, these are just simply a couple of the proofs that God loves us and has a plan for us. And that plan is not only going to be good for us, but it will glorify Him. Now, there are at least five areas of assurance that we have to get settled in our lives. Number one, we have to be sure of our salvation, assurance of salvation. We are born again and now have eternal life with God. And, and, and very importantly, nothing or no one can take that away from us. Romans 8, 38 begins with, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers nor things present nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I'll tell you, that sounds pretty thorough and complete to me. We are safe. Secondly, there's the assurance of answered prayer. 
God's words in the Bible assure us that he hears our prayers. But again, remember, prayer is a dialogue. That means you speak and he listens, then he speaks and you listen. This is relational communication. John 15, 7 says, if, this is Jesus speaking, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. See, that's a promise. Abide in him. That's a promise. And then in 1 John 5, 14, Now this is the confidence or the assurance that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. The third area of assurance is the assurance of, is the attitude of victory. The Apostle Paul states that because death and sin have been conquered, we can have victory through Jesus Christ. When Jesus ascended to heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father, the Holy Spirit descended to the earth to live in every born-again believer of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 56 begins with, The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then in 1 John 5, 4, the scriptures say, For whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. You see, you overcome the world because you believe that Jesus is the Son of God. The fourth area of assurance is the area of forgiveness. The Bible teaches that salvation and forgiveness are by grace. That means you can't earn them, nor do you deserve them. It is a gift of God. Now, this doesn't mean that you're free to behave sinfully. This forgiveness means that as you pursue his righteousness and, and learning how to live rightly, you're bound to make mistakes and you're bound to stumble, but the Lord will not cast you away. You know, it's, it's very much like your own children when they were small. You didn't cast them away because your child had made some mistakes or stumbled. God is, is no different. As a matter of fact, God's grace is even greater because he will never cast you away. Ephesians 1.7 says, In him we have redemption through his blood, Jesus, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And then in Colossians 1.13, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. The final area that I want to talk about in terms of assurance is the assurance of guidance from the Holy Spirit. To receive the guidance and the direction of the Holy Spirit, it's a process. Learning to hear the voice of God takes practice, and you'll probably make mistakes along the way. This is natural and normal, but don't give up. God can speak to us in our minds or our hearts. God can speak to us through others. God certainly speaks to us through his word, the Bible, but he also can speak to us through the circumstances of life. Don't underestimate or box God in 
in, in, in the Holy Spirit's ability to communicate with you. But you have to recognize his voice. For example, when my wife calls me on the phone, I never ask, who is this? And that's because I recognize her voice. In the same way, over time, you'll learn to recognize the voice and the actions of the Holy Spirit. In John 14, verse 26, it's, the scriptures say, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. And then again, Jesus says in John 16, 13, However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me. He will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. The Father through the Son, through the Holy Spirit to us. In conclusion, let me say this. There's a difference between faith and assurance. Faith sees into the supernatural. And faith brings the kingdom of God to the earth. Assurance, on the other hand, causes one not to be afraid, embarrassed, or intimidated in living the Christ-centered life or sharing what Jesus has done for you. We need faith to please God. That's Hebrews 11.6. But we need assurance or confidence to convince others of the truthfulness of the Bible and the plan of salvation that is made available to all. In the words of the Apostle Paul in Galatians 2.20, I want to repeat this. Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Jesus loves you, and he gave himself for you. And he gave himself for you because he's got a purpose that you, your life would glorify him. And so let me just take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit would just be released in every listener or every person who's watching this, this, this program. And Lord God, that you would just uh, empower them to conquer any fear, to, to, re, to, re, to eliminate any doubt, uh, to cause uh, uh, just to cause the assurance and faith and confidence and all of those things to just rise up in them to become a powerful man or woman of God. We ask this in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. God bless you. I look forward to seeing you the next time. Again, check my website, pastorvic.com. Free resources for anyone who chooses to check it out. God bless you. Bye-bye.